Welcome to A Bellyful Podcast. I'm Tatiana Patton, and I'm the founder of Soul Food Movement, a faith-based apparel brand that is designed to create conversation centered in Christianity and to ultimately encourage people to pursue a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And this podcast is a platform to do just that. Some of the best conversation is found in the kitchen or over a plate of delicious food. So join us as we discuss life, lessons, relationships, and everything in between on this journey as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. So come on in and get you a belly full. Welcome back to the last episode of A Belly Full Podcast, or at least the last episode of season one. So we've made it, guys. We are finally here. It may not seem long for you, but it's been <laughs> it's been a little bit long for us. So I'm a little bit relieved for this to be the last episode. In this episode, we will be cooking one of my favorite dishes, which is fettuccine alfredo and it is uh let's say based off of it's yeah it's almost like a copycat recipe of uh carabas's pasta wheezy or fettuccine wheezy um but i obviously have a guest and the guest for <clears throat> our last episode in season one is the one and only Anastasia Palacios. Welcome, Star. Hi, everybody. Um, so I'm also very uh, nervous, I would say, um, to be or for you to be the guest because I know that you're a like, I guess, basically like a media personality. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's kind of it's a little bit nerve wracking. Well, don't be nervous. You got this. You've been doing a whole podcast and you've been directing and producing since forever. So it's basically the same thing. You got this. Basically. Thank you, Star. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I follow you on Facebook, obviously. And um, based off of your posts, a lot of posts that you write or that I see, um, I noticed that you like I feel like you write very well um and so that's what had led me to believe that you are a communications or you are a communications major because I was like she has to be she had to have been a communications major because of the fact that I guess just everything just seems well written like it it speaks to me <laughs> <laughs> so some of that that is is just God's gifting um some of it mm -hmm. is I did do an AA in mass comm many years ago uh, but a lot of it is that I recently, in the last four or five years, really started to invest in my self-development. I've always been a public speaker, and I wanted to uh, be a motivational and transformational speaker. I wanted to speak for a living and to get paid for my craft and for the impact that I hope I have on people's lives when I, when I share. Um, and so I invested in self-development courses. Mm. And one of them was with this amazing teacher called Lisa Nichols. And she mm. is an international speaker, motivational speaker. And she's got certain techniques of speaking that she teaches. And so actually, I think one of the reasons that my posts have gotten even better in the last four years is because I'm just using some techniques, right? And so it's almost really? like if you know the science of anything, like you using the science of cooking, then you can do anything. So yeah, now I get to teach other people those techniques that I've learned and kind of look at my own career of speaking and been like, hmm, what do I call this thing that I always do? And actually like put names to it. So now I teach people the very same thing that attracted you to what I write. Because it's just a technique. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I still feel like it's um, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> a gift. <laughs> nah, it's, it, it is. It is a gift. I won't deny God's goodness, but I will say that it's a gift that can be taught and a gift that can mm. be opened and received by someone else. Yeah. Um, what made you feel like you wanted to speak? like that you so, wanted to do this as a career 
I think like the Bible is very clear and so I always tell people I'm very faith-based so you're always going to hear me bring up God because that's just that's just me and uh, it's my truth um and the Bible is very clear in saying that our gifts will make room for us and bring us before great men and so my thought process is that if God has given me this gift then why wouldn't he allow me to use it to create a lifestyle um where he can be praised and glorified right and where my family can be well taken care of and where we get to help even more people because we are well taken care of and so i had been in the communication space for a while as a marketing manager then starting my own communications company helping companies manage their social media and then doing pr and uh, telling fun stories about companies but I wanted to transform more lives. I wanted to, to leave an impact in the rooms that I went into. Um, and I wanted to do that without struggling because I've been speaking for years. Like I, I started mm-hmm. talking when I was four, my mom, and I still haven't shut up, right? I'm talking right now. <laughs> um, and so I've been doing like motivational talks always. Even in high school, I would do them for other high school students. Um, and so I would spend a lot of my time. And even when I left my job, I'd said to God, God, if you would allow me the grace to, to leave my corporate job, but still have enough funds to function, I will continue to give back my time to young people and to just encouraging them and motivating them. And that's good in theory. And it, it really is a beautiful thing to be able to do. And so I still do that. Now I have a certain amount of free talks that I give each month. But like at the end of the day, I have bills and I, I mm-hmm. had a kid. Now I have two kids. And so it's like, you can't do stuff for free because then how will you eat? Um, And so I I really just wanted, I'd been praying to him to show me a way to use my gifts in a way that he promised me in his word that he would. To bring me before a great man and to to give me the increase that he promised in the parable of the talent. So, yeah. Where would you, um, so also, so like, I, um, I don't, I, I don't know you that well. <laughs> I only know you based off of like, I guess, social media. So I'm just inquisitive onto like, I guess, just your background. And my question would be, what was, what, how has your faith, like, how did your faith walk or how did your relationship with God begin? Yeah. So I think, so Cece Winans has this beautiful song, um, and it just says, she was just a child when she felt the spirit leading and she was drawn to things she couldn't understand, right? And it's just a beautiful song. So you guys can look up the lyrics. I can't remember the name of the title right now, but those are the actual lyrics and the way the song begins. And I think that's been the same for me. So I I went to a Catholic primary school and I was president of the Rotary Club in the second grade, right? Like I just... I grew up in a household that was filled with God and church. um, And we went to church every Sunday and... I think God just made me one of those people that's extra committed to anything that I do. So if I'm in it, I'm like, yeah, let's do it, 100%. Um, And I just come in with this burst of energy. And so I just always prayed and I always knew God and I always, like a a prayer life has always just been a part of me since Mm -hmm. I was a very small child. But it's evolved, right? Because there's a level of God that you know as a kid and then there is like real life that happens and you have to continue on in that relationship. So my relationship with the Holy Spirit began when I was uh, about 13 or 14. I'm an Anglican and I went to something that we have in our church called Discovery. And it's like a retreat weekend, you're locked in. Uh, no phones. Phones were new at the time, but no phones, nothing, <laughs> no technology, just just you and the people there with you and, you know, these amazing mentors and teachers. Um, and it's just a great renewal weekend. And so that's where I was first introduced to the Holy Spirit and the idea that I really wanted my life to be dedicated to God. And so that happened at 13. And over the years, it's just grown. There, there are times and seasons of great connection and times and seasons when you feel like you may be wandering in the wilderness and you need to, to, to draw back again. And at every level of my personal growth, there's a new level of spiritual growth, right? And so it began at 13, but it's, it's a continuous and evolving process. And the Christian that I am today is not the Christian that I was four years ago. It's not the Christian that I was when I was 15, not when I was 12, not when I was 20. Um, and so I just think life's different experiences has led me to draw nearer to God and then showing me a different side of him every step of the way. Have you ever, in your in your journey, has it ever wavered at all, or no? Nah, I've always been steadfast. I think what what, it, what has happened is, in my worst moments, it's drawn me closer to God. Mm-hmm. So 
I remember after I had broken up with my like first very serious boyfriend who was also a Christian, just the devastation and the pain associated with that loss and at the end of that relationship drove me deeper into God to connecting in with him with new ways, right? Like, how could I just be so absorbed by God that this pain would go away? That was one thing that led me to him. And then in the process of coming out of that relationship, I got involved with someone that was not suited for me. And it was really tumultuous and terrible and very mm. emotionally draining and damaging. And in that process, I think that might have been one of the times when I was furthest away from God because I knew I should not have been in this space and yet here I was. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And so it, that was a very hard season. But by the grace of God, and I only give him credit for it, um, and, and I call my husband my angel because I truly believe God sent him to, to save me from myself in that situation. Mm. Um, and so, you know, then I enter into this beautiful relationship with the man that I'm married to today. But it, over the course of our relationship, I remember in one year, my grandfather died in March. My best friend died oh my in gosh. May. And my dad died in July. And then in between that time, I had two granduncles die. And wow. so that period of loss was just another devastating thing for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I do remember the day my dad died, my, my mother-in-law, who was a priest, called me to pray. And I said, like, I don't want to pray. Like, I prayed, and my dad is dead. And I just, I, I don't have time for that at this particular moment, because really, God can't tell me nothing, like, right now. Because I, actually, for one thing, that's my daddy to live, and you, you just let him die. So I just need to not talk to God at this particular moment. But it passed. It was just a day. Um, and then after that, you realize, like, either you're going to go through the world without God and be incredibly angry, or yeah. you're going to turn that pain into a new way of discovering his ability and capacity to comfort you as his word promises. So I won't say it's always easy. And when you see so many things going on in the world, your logical mind can really interfere with what you know to be true spiritually. But God mm -hmm. has just shown up in my life so many times that I cannot... Deny it. I can't deny, deny it. him. That's just my truth. Yeah, I can't say... I would say my, my faith or my journey with God is when I... Well, I guess... Well, I, let me see, ask the question of, do you think that your, your foundation or your beginnings is what kind of created that um that relationship or because of your foundation which relationship with god my relationship with god yeah um yeah so like i said so i'm an anglican and my parents we would go to church every sunday as far as i can remember and my mom would sing us like bible songs to go to sleep and she would read us bible scriptures and so i've just always grown up in a house that i know to be faithful we didn't do like family prayer or anything but it still was a very like god is a part of our lives um and my dad i would see him reading the bible and stuff so i just always knew god and you know i think that like i said there are levels to spirituality so there's one thing to know of god in theory and i, I always use the example of like the woman who had the issue of blood and she was in the crowd with all the people and she reached out and touched Jesus. And then she mm -hmm. had this miraculous encounter with him. There was an entire crowd, but she's the only one that had the miraculous encounter because you can know of God, but there's a difference between knowing of God, even walking around calling God's name and then actually touching him and experiencing him, right? And so I, I give my, my parents every credit for the foundation and I had an amazing church. I grew up in Christ the King in Grand Bahama and... We had an amazing Sunday school program. Like I said, I went to Mary Star of the Sea, which is a Catholic school. So religion is very indoctrinated in Catholic schools. But to move from religion to spirituality, that journey has been fully me turning to the foundation that I, I got from my parents and wanting to explore that more on my own. Mm. Mine was um, more so like I didn't... I always say that my grandmother is the one who like instilled any kind of, I guess, real spirituality or faith in me. Well, or, or I mm -hmm. guess she sowed the seed, I would say, because I think, well, I know I think I was actually baptized into the Catholic in the Catholic, I guess, religion. But in my household, my well, I didn't grow up in the Bahamas. I grew up away until 12 mm -hmm. and then we moved here. Um, and then I moved back to the States or I finished grade 11 and 12 in the States, but I lived here for grades seven through oh, 10, <laughs> seven mm -hmm. through 10. 
and um so that was kind of i guess the impact of with with my grandmother so when i was a teenager i would always end up having to go to my grandmother's house um but she was just a very faith-driven woman she was a seventh-day adventist but um in my household i would say it was more like a free kind of free kind of spirit uh type of thing like they didn't mm -hmm. really have a there wasn't any set uh like my i think my stepmother she kind of she had a, a form of spirituality but we kind of like went through a bunch of different religions so i knew from what my grandmother had taught me you know about god and jesus but um it wasn't really instilled in my growing up but then so but i always knew that god was there because of i feel like just having so many different experiences it was like there were just too many times where i knew that was only god that that saved me but i can't say that you know i was i was not i was not a dedicated <laughs> or a devout christian because you know i did at one point just believe like it was just you know like I don't know it's just spirituality you know that's what i do is like i i feel like it was like no accountability really it's just like you know mm -hmm. with the wind <laughs> there's a god but there's no you know and so I, yeah. I, what i tell people is like I, I i'm at the place in my spiritual journey where i do not judge others for theirs at all like i just god is so real to me and the power of jesus and his blood is so real to me in my life and in what i've seen and the times that calling on his name has saved me from things even as strong as, as powerful as death like that's real for me so mm -hmm. i don't even like if i don't debate anybody about it i'm not gonna fight you on it like it, i just i just know what's real for me and then i recognize that each of us is on our own path and on our own journey and i'm just i'm continuously prayerful that my light may so shine before men that they might see my good works and give glory to him, right? And so if people ask me, well, Star, what is it? I can say, oh, Jesus, and then I can talk to you about it, right? Um, but I, I also <laughs> recognize that so many people have so many different experiences. Their lives have been so different. Um, so I pray. I pray very often for people, but I'm not confrontational at all about religion. I, I, I just don't get into arguments over it. Like, Proverbs yeah. is so clear that we ought not argue with a fool, right? And it's not to call people that don't believe what we believe fools. It's just to say that there are so many things that cause us to hold our belief so strongly that I would hate to get into a confrontation with someone and then the love of God can't be seen anyway. So yeah. I, I understand. I understand the concept of spirituality. I know why so many people choose to view it through that lens. It's so much more inclusive and less divisive. And, you know, so I get it. Um, I just know it's true for me. And... I just live my life in accordance with my truth. And then with the truth of Christ, which is how do you love your neighbor as yourself, regardless of what they believe or what they think, right? Because uh, God is love. And so, yeah, I, 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 I get that. But I, I see that today you are calling yourself a Christian and doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I would say that I struggled. I mean, I, I had a lot of struggles, I would say. Um, so mm -hmm. I... Um, I feel like I was very, I want to say just very emotional, but that's how I would handle things. Like, because mm -hmm. I would say that, I would say now that because I didn't really have a strong foundation or even really an understanding um, that when things would happen, it was just like completely devastating. So it was almost like manic, like, you know, high highs, low lows, high mm -hmm. highs, low lows. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then um, I, when I moved back home, I, there were some people or a friend of mine, they had a really like horrible tragedy and I was devastated for them. And, um, <clears throat> the way they handled it was like really I guess like it was just really inspiring to me I would say <laughs> because I was like wow how can you go through this and still be like okay because if it was me mm -hmm. I would have been like shattered and mm -hmm. I understood that it was their um, it was their faith in God that did that and that's kind of what drove me to be like I I'm interested in this and I I need this 
because yeah. the way I'm going is not working. So I need I need to know what it is that you got. Like what <laughs> And so that's kind of where my that was in twenty that was more so like twenty fifteen ish. And from then on, um, or I got rebaptized in twenty fifteen and from then on it's just been a journey. And so mm -hmm. where I feel like I'm at now is just about really pursuing a real relationship with God and not just like what I've been, what I've seen. Like I've had, I have my, I have what I've seen in other people. I've had what I've seen in the churches that I've been to. Um, but I felt like, I still felt like something was like lacking. Like, and I feel like maybe the way that I attain this relationship with God is not in the way that like it doesn't have to be in the same way that <clears throat> I've seen other people have a relationship with God mm -hmm. like it could be my mm -hmm. own my own thing and so that's where that's where I'm at now but um I would say that for me it's definitely it's definitely been a journey and especially I guess with I guess just going through the things that that you go through in life, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it, a, a lot of it now is like because I have a son. Um, I want to know that. I want to make sure that he has a firm foundation, like more than anything. And so, I feel like the best thing is to <clears throat> lead by example. Um, and so that's kind of why I want to make sure that my walk is right or not. Let me say right. My that my walk is authentic so yeah. that as well, it will be an example for him and he won't be like, you know, lost in the wind or say, or like, you know, I grew up knowing this. But yeah, I just want um, I just want to be an authentic example. I want to lead him towards God and not away from God. I know that people have their own struggles, like you can only do so much, but I just want to give him the best foundation that I can, you know, as well as praying for him. Um, but I do believe that leading by example is the best way to lead. Um, and then also finding, I think just I guess asking people or in that way it would be like doing research to see what like what has worked for them in their walk because with him I I want him to genuinely have a relationship with God as well and to like want to seek him you know want to know who he is on his own and not because it's not because he's being told to and so it's kind of like interesting I guess to me to try to figure out how to introduce that to him. Yeah. So I think I think as a parent, you know, we all want the best for our kids and some things our kids are not gonna wanna do, um, but we realize later that it's valuable. So one of my hardest, my greatest battles that I'm fighting right now is how much I miss my dad uh, because mm. he died when I was 20 or 21. And so he's never oh seen gosh. me married or with kids. But he and I have the same personality. My daughter and I have the exact same personality. And it's like, you know, I wish he was here just so he could get the jokes from me when I tell him, like, the things that she does that are things that I used to do. And then we could just laugh at, like, at, at, at the three of us being the same person, right? And then I, I miss him <laughs> because that there are questions I have, like, well, how did you handle me when I did that? Because, like, I'm mm. frustrated. Now, he wasn't even yeah. the most patient either. So I don't know how he would respond now. But there are just things that I'm missing from that link. So I just say that to say that sometimes as children, we can't appreciate the things that our parents instill in us until it's time for them to come to fruition, right? It's like mm -hmm. you're planting a seed and it doesn't spring forward until the right season. And so you have to instill things in your kids, not necessarily because they want to or because they understand it now, but there's kind of going to come a point when there's like a reckoning, when this thing that you planted in them suddenly comes to fruition and they recognize, oh, this is what my mom was saying and this is why this is important. And so... My husband and I, and I were just having this conversation with our daughter on Sunday because she was asking us, well, do we have to go to church every Sunday? And do I have to do this for the rest of my life? <laughs> my daughter's four, but that's the way she speaks. 
so my husband was like, well, while you're in this house, we're going to go to church most Sundays. As long as we can, we're going to go. And no, when you get older, you get to choose. Now, mommy and I would hope that you would remember the values we've taught you and that what we've taught you works for you. But really, you're, you're going to be your own adult. You're going to get to make those decisions yourself. And so I think that that's just important, right? So I baptized my son in our faith and I baptized my daughter. I recognize that they may not choose this life. Um, and that would be sad for me because of what I believe, but everybody's got to come into account to God for themselves. In the meantime, though, while you're in this household, because it's what we do, you're going to pray before you eat. You're going to pray before you go to bed. When you wake up in the morning, you're going to declare good things over the, your life. You're going to thank God for the day. You're always going to have a spirit of gratitude uh, because you're so blessed. And, you know, those are just the core things, much like my mom did with me. I sing them Bible songs. Um, we read a bunch of different stories, but sometimes we read Bible stories. And I explain what's happening to them in those stories as best I can, given their level of knowledge. Um, and I'm disappointed right now because we're not in a church that offers a Sunday school. COVID has been mm. around. Yeah. Um, but I'm hopeful that, you know, before she's six or seven, she will get that core um, learning and understanding from Sunday school. Because, you know, what, what happens between zero and seven is really what navigates the rest of your life for the most part. Um, and so we want her to have that foundation. And then, of course, she'll become an adult and she gets to choose. Do I believe this? Do I not? Do I want to stick with this system of tradition and rituals? Or do I not? And that's up to her. Mm -hmm. But I can say to God, if he ever asks me, I did all I could to teach what I what what is my truth to my child yeah that's the best that you can do it's just a life you know don't want to mess it up <laughs> yeah no and I, I, just, and I understand I, that say that again you know I, I totally understand that like i i my biggest stresses and worries right now come from my kids like are people being nice to them? So my daughter is in school. Your son is not old enough for school just yet. But my daughter is four. She's in her second year of school, nursery pre-reception, pre which is like K-4. Um, okay. But, you know, when people tell her things or she feels bad or she's unhappy because somebody said something mean to her, like, I'd I be wanting to fight these kids, bro. Like, I understand, I, like, because this is my baby that I carried for nine months that I almost died for so like what you ain't gonna do is like disrespect my child right like and so <laughs> i understand like we we are so protective of them because we only want what's best for them you've carried yeah. this life for nine months and you have given so much of your body so much of your time so much of what life used to be to these little people that you just want you want every good thing for them and nothing nothing to hurt them nothing to harm them but, you know, Tatiana, that's just not reality. And I think we have to think yeah. about it the way God thinks about us, that we get to choose. And that he wishes the best for us and he hopes the best for us, but that life can happen. And so how do we combat the things that life throws to us as they come, right? So, yeah. yeah, girl, trust me when I say I understand. So just lots of prayer. Yeah. <sighs> that's what it's got to be. That's all you can really do. I mean, that makes the most difference. Thank you. Um, so having a, okay, so question, how is it being a mom of two? <laughs> you really wanna know? I do because I don't know how I like, bouncing like, my son is, like I said, a year and a half and you know, I've always, I've wanted, I was the only child, so I don't want that for my child. <laughs> um, but the time period, you know, you don't want the time gap to be that big per se, but then I still don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think you gotta go through it with lots of prayer and consideration. And so, I have difficult pregnancies. Um, I had them in mm. the past. I get very sick throughout my pregnancies. And it, in this last season with my son, uh, giving birth to him and, and the journey with him, it was I was so sick that I had to stop working. And so mm. I knew after having my daughter, and I, at first I didn't know. After I had my daughter, I had severe complications. Um, and that was where I, I could tell you that the power of calling on Jesus' name really saved my life. 
So I had severe mm. complications. I didn't know if I wanted to get have a child again because I was so scared of my delivery that I was like, listen, I it's not worth it. I want to be alive for this child that I've had. I want to be alive to continue life with my husband. I'm not gonna have another baby. And then I had to start to question myself and ask, am I speaking from a place of faith or fear? And I recognized mm. that in my truest heart, I wanted another child, but I was living in the fear of what could be. And I had to give that fare over to God. And so I made peace with the fact that all would work well with my son. That, and I declared it over us and I spoke life over us every day. And we had a seamless delivery process. But the process of being pregnant was exhausting and awful. And I was sicker than I'd even been with my daughter. Um, and so, and so it, was, it was very rough. But we had decided that we wanted our kids close together because I knew I wanted to move on with my life. Like, I, I got big dreams, right? And I, I'm a dreamer. I, I know that there's so many things that I want to achieve. And whether or not they come to fruition, you know, will be up to God and, and the work that I do put in. But I couldn't see myself going through the period again. Like, I'm not going to get this girl to be 10 or 11, and then I go back to just being sick for a year and have it a whole, like, it was a no for me. So I knew that within that span of, like, three years, I, I wanted to have them because I wanted to, to move on, right? So now I've yeah. got my two. I'm like, you know, I'm done. So unless God is doing some immaculate conception stuff, sis is finished. <laughs> so for me, that was like, you know, we already had the bassinet and we had a crib and like it wasn't recalled. Like there were so many like yeah. simple facts. We got a stroller. We don't have to get another one. So because all these things are already in place, let's just do this. She talking. She going to the party sometimes. Like we could make this work. <laughs> so that was enough for us to make the decision. But I think it really comes down to what works for you and what works for your life and what are your goals and how are you planning, right? Um... I, I personally have the view that while kids are a blessing, that we want to make sure that we can give them the best quality of life that we can. And so what, what do our plans look like? What do, what do we hope to achieve? Because um, I think decency and order is, is always good, right? And so I don't have any advice to people as to when they should do it. Um, but I just say, you know, pray about it and make sure that you're being honest with yourself, that you're being honest with your partner about what you can handle. It is hard, Tatiana. That's, it, that's the, the question, answer to your question. It is exhausting. Um, there are many days when I just want to cry uh, because it's, it's very hard. And I actually have help, right? It's just something else I tell people. Like, please look at me and say, oh, my God, she's a super mom. She's doing everything. No, let's, let's rewind that and clear that up right now. Sis has got help, okay? <laughs> I have amazing grandparents that come in on the weekend and they stay stay with us and they help with the kids whenever my mom is in town like my children sleep in her room like they she wakes up with them and cooks them breakfast like we we have help like let's make that very clear and even with help it is exhausting and i am always tired and so i i, I also recognize it was just for a season and so i'm fine with going through the rough part to get to what i call the good part like when they're old and we get to hang out and have all this fun like i'm looking forward to those days and in the meantime i just get to enjoy their smart mouths and their cute faces and <laughs> the funny things they do and not you know try my best not to scream at them all the time and think of it as a lesson in patience from god right so yeah this is exhausting sis I, I won't lie to you but i don't think that god puts more on you than you can bear and if you are honest with yourself and honest with what you need, and you've got a helpful partner that can help you get through it, then I think you can do anything. I, um, yeah, as you said, like, well, even asking, like, asking, like, older women, like, you know, what, what is your advice about kids? A lot of them said, have them all at once. <laughs> like, have them back to back because if you I think the one lady I talked to she said her kids were like seven years apart I mean she had the first two and then the other set were seven years apart and she's like when she had the last one she felt like she just didn't know what to do like she didn't she didn't know she didn't um she felt lost <laughs> she said she was crying in the hospital room so yeah. <laughs> that's not the only person there's been like a number of people who when I asked them like so what's your advice for you know a parent or what 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 wisdom can you bestow on me and they'll just like have them all at once and um, <laughs> even with them saying that and going through the first process I can completely understand <laughs> because it's a lot like I almost even say that having a baby is like traumatic um because like your body goes through this like trauma um mm -hmm. that you have well i don't know 
I don't know exactly for you. I mean, obviously you said that you had complications, but I see it as like a trauma and it, bouncing back from that is like, um, I don't know. I'm still, I feel like I'm still trying to adjust. And for me, my, my pregnancy is like a, is considered a high risk pregnancy because I have this blood clot. I had a blood clot in my lung in 2007. So I have like blood clotting tendencies. My mm -hmm. biological mother died of like a stroke because of a blood clot. So mm -hmm. the whole, uh, the whole pregnancy is high risk. Um, with my son, it ended, he ended up coming like, well, people, some people don't say it as premature, but he came earlier than I thought he was going to come. He came like three weeks early. Um, mm -hmm. and I was not prepared. <laughs> I wasn't prepared at all. Like I didn't have no, we, because basically because I was high risk, um, I had to go in, um, like twice a week cause I had him in the States. So I had to go in twice a week for them to monitor my, um, I don't know exactly what, but I guess just to monitor him, to record his heartbeat, to see how it was going. And this was like my second pop and that's what I was going in there for, for the week. And then they came back to me and were like, uh, there's something a little bit different with the way his, um, like whatever his rates are and they're like we're going to send you to the hospital and they're going to do a more in-depth um look or and if there's a possibility that he might that they might induce you if it's not looking that great and so i was like what <laughs> like because they tried to just throw that last part in there i was like hold on because i remember telling my aunt she was just like oh it'll be fine you know we're just gonna go it's gonna be fine <laughs> So when I went there, you know, they did the scan and everything and both me and my own were like, so it looks okay, right? And the lady who's doing the scan, they, they don't ever want to really say like, you know, what is happening. They're just like, oh, it, it looks okay. <laughs> and then when the other nurse came back, she was like, okay, so we're going to induce you because <laughs> um, he, the, whatever his heart rate, I don't know exactly what the deal was, but they basically said that um, they were going to take me into the hospital and um, or admit me, and now I'm going to be prepared for delivering a baby the next day. And I was like, what? So anyways, that kind of scared me a lot. <laughs> that scared me a lot for, I feel like even throughout the pregnancy, I was very, I I don't know. I feel like my second, well, this is what I would ask you, but your second time around with pregnancy, for me in the beginning, I was very, very scared or I was just always wanting to make sure that the baby was okay. I was like, you know, looking towards every, you know, on those apps, they have like the landmarks. <laughs> um, even when I had to go listen to the heartbeat, it's like, okay, I'm going to hear the heartbeat, you know? Um, and I guess towards the end, I started getting more, I feel like, I don't know if it's just because of being new. I don't know if it's the same way when you have your second child or if you're more like used to the whole fact of being pregnant. Um, but I felt like it was just a lot of anxiety. <laughs> and yeah, then knowing what I knew I, before is kind of like, yeah. you know. Pregnancy is, pregnancy is, as you said, traumatic and <laughs> My baby is going to be one in June, and my body is definitely not the same. Nobody tells you how much your body changes, what you go through. Oh, my gosh. You know, we know we know that C-section moms have a hard time and that they can, you know, still have scarring and issues later. But there's so many things that happen with natural birth as well that just change your body, right? And it's, so it's a lot. Like, it is a lot. <laughs> and I know women have been doing this for years, but I also know that that's why so many women have been frustrated, so many women have been angry, why they hit their children, why they're so mad, because it's a lot um, that they're requiring of us. And I will tell you that I don't think as a parent that anxiety ever goes away. I was very conscious of every movement with my with my second baby, following the apps just like I did the first time, because it had been two and a half years at that point. Um, and so you want to make sure that everything's okay. And because I'd had all of the, the complications post-delivery with Cairo, 
like with mm. cruise i was i was terrified um and so i really had to spend a lot of time just praying the pandemic hit like i delivered my son we, we went to lockdown in march i delivered my son in june so this i was okay. going through pregnancy at the beginning of the pandemic when we knew nothing when we, like you know um mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. i had been high risk I, I i had a tia many years ago which is a, tra- a passing stroke and so I was high risk since I'd had Cairo. So I had also delivered Cairo in the U.S. because I knew I was high risk between the passing stroke and the asthma. And so I needed to be where specialists were. The pandemic, the country was shut down. Like we couldn't get a, like it was just, so I couldn't even get yeah. to the U.S. to deliver crews. So I didn't know what was going to happen. So like it was it was it was incredibly anxiety inducing. You get through it. You have the baby. The baby is here. The baby is healthy. All is well. I didn't have any of the, the, the uh, post-delivery complications. He's breastfeeding right away. Like, it was it was all good. Oh. But you still, the anxiety is still there. You're worried about crib death. You were Like, it's just, it is so mm-hmm. anxiety-driven <laughs> to be a parent. Because even now, you worry about them. And my mom had said that to me. I remember I couldn't sleep with Cairo at one point. Like, you know, at around seven, six, seven months. You just can't sleep anymore. Your tummy's too big. You can't get comfortable. You're tired of sleeping on your side. And I was just telling her, like, I can't sleep. And she said, sis, you're really going to need to rest because you're not going to sleep mm-hmm. again for the rest of your life. Like, for the rest of your life, you're going to be worried about these children, thinking about these children, wanting the best for them, hope, you know, hoping that they're well, hoping that nobody hurts them. So, yeah, I don't know if you can ever get rid of the anxiety, but it has to come down to faith and facts. What are your doctors saying? What do they think, right? Because we, we have to weigh what the medical community thinks. And it's that's not the last report, of course not. But I also think yeah. that God gives us very good doctors for a reason, right? And so yeah. what do they say? In my case, my doctor said, Star, this is a fluke. Like, this is what happened to you post-delivery. You happened to catch a random virus. Your body was extra susceptible because you just delivered this baby. It will not happen again. I, can, I can't guarantee anything, but I'm 99.9% sure you're going to be fine, right? And so mm-hmm. I talked to multiple doctors. Like, it was a process for us to get the best medical opinions to make sure that as much as we could be, from a medical perspective, being safe about having a second child, we were. And then the rest of it is, okay, God, I'm trusting you. God, I'm believing you. God, I'm praying with you. You know, I'm, I'm, I can just give this to you. And so I think it comes down to both faith and works and, and how do you navigate that. And then just what's best for you and your family, right? Um, and if you decide that it's a seven-year wait for you, then wait your seven years. Like, I, I don't think that anyone can tell you what's best for you. I knew it had to work for me. Like, if I didn't do to have that baby by the time this girl turned three, it was not going to happen. I was, I was topping out. Yeah. I could, like I said, I, yeah, I'm still in the middle of, of yeah. debating whether or not to have more at this point in time because it's just um it's just a lot it's just a lot and you go in between the fact of um because the fact that it's a lot that as you said just well just getting it over with now um but yeah i'm i'm really whatever happens I'm just trusting God along with it that if a child comes, that was clearly his plan. (laughs) Because I'm still trying to, I'm just trying to navigate, man. Even like, I mean, even with my, even with everything else, like I guess just with becoming a mom, like, and the things that I'm doing now, I don't know, I don't even know what, like, my career, like, what my career really is, is at this point. If that makes any sense, I'm kind of like, I don't want to say lost. I'm just here. I'm just here doing what I feel like I'm supposed to do. Um, Then don't go against that. Intuition is important. So if you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're good. Yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. Kids are, I, I even, well, I don't know. I don't want to say anything too, because you can't. I mean, whether you have kids or not, like it doesn't discredit you as a as a person. But there's definitely a lot of growth that happens within having kids, or it's just a different ball game. Yeah. That's all I can it's say. It's a totally different ball game, and so I want you to give yourself grace, and I want to encourage your listeners to give themselves grace as well. Because that's what God gives us. And that's what we often give to other people. So we ought to give it to ourselves some more. And 
you are not alone. I think most mothers um, would confess to feeling that way. There's just so much about your life that's different. Your body is different. So you've yeah. been carrying around a body for like, what, 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, 40 years. And now all of a sudden this thing comes out of it and it's a different body and you have to relearn it and it has to, you know, work again <laughs> in a new way. And you're figuring that out as you figure out how to keep your marriage on track for those who are married when they have their kids, right? And how do you yeah. still show your spouse the same amount of love? And, and even as you're dealing with all that, you're dealing with the hormones associated with having had the baby and it's causing oh, you yes. to question things. And so it's, it's a lot, right? And then... You know, oftentimes your life, because it changes so drastically with kids, you're not able to, to do, if you're fortunate enough, because some people have no choice, right? They have to go back to work. But in some mm-hmm. instances where that's not the case, where you decide that you're going to take some time, it can feel like you're struggling, especially if you've been very career-driven and you're ambitious and you've got plans and you had plans before these kids and it's not matching up, right? It, 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 all of this is natural and very normal. But I think as hard as it may be, and I'm very ambitious, so I, I want to make it very clear that I never intended to just, like, have a bunch of kids and be a wife. That I, I never, was never my plan, never my goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always thought I'd be not in the UN or doing something in Uganda or living in London or Paris. Like, it, it ne- like this whole, oh, my God, kids, husband thing, not, not my goals. Um, but it's what God had for me, and it's a, been a, it, an amazing blessing, the greatest blessing, but it's not turned off the part of me that is ambitious and that wants to thrive and that wants to do well in a career outside of the home. And so I just have come to the realization that this is the season, though, for these babies and that I only get one season with them and I only get this one opportunity yeah. for them to be four and one and to, to talk to me freely. And, you know, so I, I'm... I'm so prayerful always, like, God, help me to stay in the moment. Help me to embrace the journey. When I'm most frustrated, I start to thank God out loud. Like, God, I thank you for these babies. I thank you for this mess. I thank you um, that I get to clean this up. I thank you that they're in my space right now, right? Because, like, I have to put the frame of gratefulness on it because there's going to come a point in the period when they're not here. And the house is clean because there's no one here to mess it up. And then what Mm -hmm. do you do in that moment and in those seasons, right? And so I just, I trust God that he would not put a vision in my heart that he won't allow to come to pass. But that there's also nothing greater than creating a legacy with these children who's he's thought to be so important that he brought them into this earth for such a time as this, who will carry yeah. on long after I go and whose kids will carry on after them. And therefore, the most important thing I can do right now in this season is cater to them, right? And it doesn't diminish yeah. me in any way. It only adds to my value. So, yeah, sis, just give yourself some grace. Like, you're not alone. It's a journey. We're all going through it um, daily. It's hard. It's a lot of work. And, and it's a work that's not credited with money or status. It's just expected. And nobody praises you for cleaning up poop <laughs> or vomit or cooking, right? It's just supposed to happen. Um, but since you're not alone, just know that. Like, and for all the mothers who are watching this, you're not alone. And we're journeying together. And we're hopeful and prayerful that 20 years from now, our kids will look back and laugh. Um, because they see these conversations and that they would appreciate all that we've done to to raise them. Yeah. I think also even with trusting God is just like I guess sometimes you just have to like I don't know I don't want to say just be but you have to like sometimes I feel like for me like I feel like being in this like transitional space is just like just being in the in the moment as you said like just just being here like this is where i'm at i don't have to i shouldn't have to feel like i'm um like i need to be somewhere else or i need to be either further or maybe i'm behind or like where i need to slow down or maybe this is this right here i just need to be in this be in this moment and allow whatever transitioning or whatever transition is happening to just happen um, because yeah as you said this time I don't know these times you just don't know you don't know what's to come and sometimes I think maybe even you can think that the grass is like greener on the other side um, but I guess there's still advantages in just being here in, in this moment now but it is a it's a battle <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I am right now I'm making a I am no longer making a Alfredo. <laughs> I'm no longer making an Alfredo. I'm just making a I guess you could just say a pasta dish <laughs> with chicken and um with chicken and mushrooms and butter, lemon butter and pasta. Um, because the Alfredo sauce has not gone to plan, which is very devastating for me. Do you cook? <laughs> I do. Do you like to cook? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, but my food is so good. Like I, so I, last night I made, um, I did some roasted Brussels sprouts, uh, like some crispy Ooh. Brussels sprouts that were absolutely delicious. And I did salmon, which is definitely one of my favorite meats to cook. Um, but mm. I actually cook really well. Like my mom is a great cook and so she taught me everything. So I do everything, right? Um, lots of veggies because we, we're, this is a big vegetable house. And oh. then I do, you know, lamb and steak and I got an air fryer Ooh. and I do, you know, curries I'm and like my sauce is, I still think I have the best sauce ever, um, with the exception <laughs> of my mom who may just help me by like a point. But yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a great cook. Is it something that I, I enjoy? Absolutely not. <laughs> I love it. I haven't, um, I haven't cooked. No, no, no. I've cooked lamb. I was thinking when you, when you say lamb, do you mean like, you know, those, uh, you know, like how they have the lamb on those the short fancy lamb thing? scallops. Yeah. Yeah. Lamb scallops. Yeah. That um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but like the lamb that'd be in the grocery store. That's just like cut up. I don't know. Lamb shoulder, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> lamb shoulder chops. <laughs> yeah. I've done that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but. no, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good in the kitchen, but it's, you know, it's, I think that we all have things that we enjoy, things that are our gifts, things that, that's not mine, like, I do it because <laughs> I have to do it, and I'm going to make it taste good because I have to eat it, and I want you guys to enjoy it too, but I'm never going to just be like, oh my gosh, I'm just so excited to get in the kitchen, so like, the <laughs> way that you're doing this podcast would not be my thing, because, yeah, this is not I'm about that life. I'm literally always on um, YouTube looking up different ways to different meal strategies because Ravon is gluten free. And so a lot of the things that I normally was used to eating, such as pasta, like he just <laughs> didn't eat anymore and it was a little rough. Yeah. So I was always looking for new ways to incorporate or see how to put the things that I like, I guess, let him try it because he's kind of just like, I don't know if it's because he's a guy or he's just like, you know, I guess whatever, you know, like he didn't really care that <laughs> he couldn't eat certain things, but I'm always on the hunt. And like the other day or yesterday, I made um, Caesar salad dressing because um, I used to work at a restaurant. I used to be a server um, when I okay. was in college. Um, did you, you went to college over here or you went to college at... UB? I went to both places actually. I did my associate at UB and then I did my um, undergrad degree at the University of Miami. Oh, okay, okay, okay. For some reason, I didn't know if you were in, um, if you had, if you were in DC, um, like if you had studied there. But, um, but yeah, I worked at, I worked at this rest, I worked at the restaurant Carabas. And um, it was an Italian restaurant as a server in college, you know, trying to make ends meet. <laughs> um, and that restaurant, like the food there was really, really, really good. Um, they were, at that time, they're not as much anymore, but they were really big on having like fresh ingredients. Um, like, and I could tell the difference between there and like, you know, Olive Garden, even though we were compared to it as much. Have you ever eaten at Carabas? No, I've eaten at Olive Garden though, but never Carabas. I know the name. And I did briefly study in DC. I was there for a semester. It was too cold for me. I went back to Miami. <laughs> I can, I can, I can completely understand that. I really kind of hated it while I was there. Well, actually it's like, I've grown a love for it now that I'm gone. Um, Cause I was born in Virginia or in the DMV area, but, um, okay. But I didn't like it when I was there. Um, but when I 
now that I'm gone, because I always wanted to go to New York for some reason, and I had it in my mind that like, New York is where I'm meant to be. But then I went there and I was like, no, no, it's not. It's not where I'm meant to be. <laughs> I don't like New York. <laughs> New York was too cold for me. But, um, but yeah, um, I don't know what I said all of that for. But basically <laughs> I worked at a restaurant and I've been trying to like, when I moved back here, I was like, man, I can't um, eat any of the, like, I can't find anywhere that could even, I guess, get something remotely like memorable and with because all of their ingredients were like fresh ingredients you had to um you had to like memorize like everything in the menu um because they made all of their food like i mean down to the sauces down to the dressings everything whereas regular i guess some places you only know what they make so because of that i had an idea of how you make certain things <laughs> or what the ingredients that were in it i used to watch the cooks i was friends with the cooks um and a couple of times they've taught me a, a couple of things but um but yeah so i'm always trying to recreate a carabas dish italian food is like my favorite <laughs> food even though i've cooked a number of um Asian dishes. I'm getting into Asian dishes now. Yeah. But and that pasta looks amazing. So, you know, if I, I definitely wish that this was not virtual, that I was in the kitchen with you so I could have some. <laughs> but, you know, another time. <laughs> another time, yeah. This dish is um, my cousin's dish. It's, it has like Jamaican. I mean, why did I say Jamaican? Girl, I, it has Junkanoo. Junkanoo. <laughs> it has these little Junkanoo symbols. Um, it's called culture wear. I told her, I was like, let me just use, I was like, I should use your dishes because not that I get that much traction, but <laughs> hey, I'll That's shut awesome. So she makes them herself? Yeah, she does these designs. Um, yeah, she, she does the pottery or is it, it's called ceramics. Sorry. Sorry, okay. Gina. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, yeah. So she has these different, she even has like, she has uh this one i was gonna make salad but the timing this one i thought was really cool it's like a straw nice. straw basket type of thing that's so but cool. um yeah it's called culture culture wear by gina loray uh that's all i know i think she's on ig and facebook but yeah i i like it it's pretty cool let's see if i can dish this up good I'm trying to figure it out but I made the Caesar dressing yesterday and that Caesar dressing was so good. And I was so excited. Trevon was like, I've never seen someone so excited about <laughs> Caesar Listen, dressing. When you like, make something and it tastes good, <laughs> trust me. That looks absolutely delicious. Okay. All right, Star, we've made it to the end. <laughs> we did. We've made it through. You've I'm made it through. Congratulations on your first season. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you. And uh, all that you do. <laughs> okay, guys. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Oh, is there anything that you want to, um, I guess... If you want to say anything that you have coming up or anywhere that people can find you. Sure. So I'm at Home of Stars on IG. My website is homeofstars.com. And of course, you can find me on Facebook. That's Anastasia, A-N-A-S-T-A-R-C-I-A. And I just love to, you know, have you guys around, encourage you, and to let you know you're not alone. Like, we're all in this journey together. Nothing is perfect. Uh, no matter how shiny the Instagram feed is, that's just a really good filter. Life is still happening behind the filter, and it's not easy. But we've got each other, and when you've got faith and you've got a belief that, you know, that there is so much more that God has for you, 
there is nothing that can stop you. And so just be encouraged, right? We're tired. We get exhausted. Sometimes we shout. Sometimes we cry. Um, but we make it. And once we love these kids and they know that we love them, then it's all going to be all good. So be encouraged. <laughs> and check me out at Home of Stars. <laughs> Thank you, Star. Well, guys, that's, that is a wrap. So we will, season two will probably be more so in the fall. But if you stay tuned to our Soul Food Movement IG and Facebook, then you will know when we're launching back again. I hope that you like it. If you do like it, support it. So that way we will be, uh, we'll know if this is something that we should continue to do. Um, but yeah, guys, have a good night. And we hope that you stay blessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs>